Welcome everyone to this um, kind of session of conversation with an expert. Today it's Dave, David Marco. Um, I'm really thrilled to have David with us. Um, he's one of our experts. So if you go to BAC and check the expert tab, you will see um, him there and I'll talk more about his page in a few minutes. The Davids are recognized experts in the field of big data and data warehousing and business intelligence. Boy, he knows everything, data management, big data governance, a lot of things. Um, and he's actually a well-known author and has written a lot on metadata management. He also has his own consulting firm, and so he's founder and president of EW Solutions. So welcome, David. Rich, thank you so much for that introduction. I sincerely appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you again for being here today and, and providing what this session is all about is to provide a little background to our members on who you are and and uh, and kind of what you'd like to get into and just a little about you as a person. So let's start with, give us a little background on who you are, David. Well, Richard, you know, it's such a fun question because typically we're always answering technology questions. So answer <coughs> one of my background, well, that's about as easy as it gets. I grew up in Chicago <clears throat> on the southwest side of the city and people from Chicago were all broken into south side, southwest, north, so on and so forth. And I went to uh, DePaul University as an undergraduate and then also got my MBA there. So uh, it was a great experience growing up in Chicago, you know, blue collar, you know, neighborhood of policemen and firemen and uh, going to a Chicago public high school and all the way to college. So it was a fun way to begin. And uh, it wound up being a great background for going into the world of business. So, and we'll always be known for the year BAC launched was the year the Cubs won the World Series. So, congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know, if you know anything about Chicago, you know there are Cub fans and there are White Sox fans. And to let you know where I stand in that, I, I did not have a dog in the fight in the World Series. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if I didn't revel in as everyone else did. It'll be a great marker going forward. But anyway, so after college and a great um, education at DePaul, so give us a little background about what you've done in industry and, and those areas that you're most passionate about. You know, absolutely. Uh, well, even in college, uh, to pay for school, I, I started consulting when I was a sophomore. And I've just never left the consulting world. This is my 29th year of consulting. So uh, it's something that I just have a tremendous passion for. Um, I love working with organizations and trying to help them progress from where they're at to where they want to get to. And I think there are three big things that interest me tremendously today. One is data management has always been uh, my focus area, whether it's metadata management, data governance, enterprise modeling, um, analytics, data warehousing, that has always been my interest in, and it always will be in the industry. I think the second thing that I find fascinating is that in our industry today, there are so many new points of data. Uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we would think about, my goodness, data is expanding at such a fast rate, and we had Murphy's Law and all these kind of different um, rules of how quickly data is exploding. Well, all those rules have been thrown out of the window with the new sources of data that we have, whether it's sensor data, which we know more commonly is the internet of things and how sensors are being put everywhere and the privacy issues around that. 
whether it's social media, which is a brand new host of data points, whether it's things like mobile devices and SEO, which is a totally unknown area, service engine optimization, all these new points of data all need to be managed properly. And I think that is just a fascinating area. And then third and lastly, the analytics that, are, that can be gleaned, the insight and knowledge into our customers that we can have today, it's just a quantum leap forward than where this industry was at 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. So those are the three areas that I really enjoy is helping companies manage their data properly and efficiently because today it's a wreck. And then using that data to drive intelligent business decisions. You know, it's, it's great. I, I can think back a few years when we thought we had gotten to the point where we knew how to manage data. <laughs> all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, all these new data types come at us and the volume of data has gone up. And I feel like we're back to where we started, which is kind of rethinking kind of everything we've done and I hope, and I know you kind of think this as well, it's kind of taking the new, but also not throwing out all those lessons we learned in the past. <laughs> Rich, you're a thousand percent correct. Because it, it's interesting, about 12 years ago, we, we worked on a, uh, we, we ran a project for the FBI. It was a counterterrorism data warehouse and analytics off of it. And it was fascinating because Back then, we were bringing in all this unstructured data, which nobody had ever done before. I mean, it was such a new area. And what we learned, one of the many lessons, and you touched on it, the fundamentals never change. The basics of reducing redundancy, knowing what data we have, what does it mean, where is it located, having fundamental enterprise level processes, we will never get away from doing the basics. Um, I, I like to give the analogy, I, I love football. Every football game is won by the team that blocks the best and tackles the best. And it's just the basics. However they change the rules and offensive and defensive philosophies change, you're all the team that blocks the best and tackles the best will win. And that's the same thing in our field of analytics. The companies that do the basic fundamentals, the same things we've talked about for decades, those are the companies that have powerful engines that make a difference and are sustainable, not for one year, but for five, 10, 20 years. That's the key. That's awesome. So uh, you know, obviously we need to keep those fundamentals in mind, but there are a ton of new technologies and things that are coming into the market that we didn't even dream of four to five, even six, eight years ago. What are those areas of interest that you have in kind of new technologies? You know, it's such a good question. Well, we, we hit one thing is um, machine learning, I find to be fascinating. Um, it's something that when you look at the ability to automate very complex, manually intensive, operations where you need hundreds of programmers looking to go through code line by line by line, you know, running grep commands. And for those of us who are in COBOL environments, pulling out copybooks and pan valet, you know, that word's going to scare a lot of people, bring back bad memories. Um, I think seeing machine learning come into the tools and software we have, uh, metadata management, you know, that, that's been a big, big area in data governance for me for decades. 
the tools that are available today apps are quantum leaps better than the tools we had 10 and even five years ago. So it's such an exciting time. Um, I would say something else. Now, your real question was technology, but I wanna, I wanna turn it a little bit if I may. One of the interesting things that we're gonna have to learn how to do is the social behavior around the technology. Let me give you an example. You can get people to do amazing things in a video game by giving them a digital badge, <laughs> by giving them a thumbs up, these little, these social markers. Imagine if there was a process or a framework for doing that in the world of business, whether it's a data governance program, trying to get definitions around our key 200 elements or key thousand elements, getting salespeople to be motivated to put in the correct sales information in their form instead of junk like they do today, which wrecks our sales reporting. That kind of social behavior, which of course is not only internal, but can even be pushed externally. Um, we had a big financial services client partner of ours. Um, you know, we're, we built out their whole analytics and management function. And trying to discover these social elements are critical, Rich. They did this charitable app where they, they kind of created these action teams. And it was basically two MBAs sitting in a room, thought this up, rolled it out. It went from this little idea by a couple people to something that spread to thousands and thousands of customers around the country. So big that they had no idea what was going to happen from it. And by the way, they had no plan to convert all the people who got involved into customers, to send their name across the country. No plan. So even though this was wonderfully successful, did it bring in customers? Was there a mechanism in place? There was nothing in place because all that was missed. So that's riveting stuff to me. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And talk about an area, an emerging market that we're just on the, 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 at the beginning stages of. Um, and I have to throw in, because I know you didn't intentionally do this, but, and you may not even know it, but it's, it's really the backbone of why we launched Business Analytics Collaborative. Because not only did we want it to be a social-based platform where everybody can interact with anybody and talk about any subject as it relates to analytics, so it was really a premise. And I will tell you, um, we're still learning. We're trying to kind of sort this out as we go forward. So... Um, hey, any knowledge you have, pass it on because we could use it. Well, you got it, buddy. And, you know, I could see it in the, when I first, when you, when you guys first approached me and talked to me, you know, you get a lot of these kind of offers. And one, one of the things that really excited me about what you were doing was that social aspect was it, it is really a groundbreaking approach. And, you know, we'll make a couple of missteps along the way, I'm sure but the lessons learned will be riveting. So I'm on the journey with you and we'll, we're gonna have to share that knowledge, Rich, because I, I, I wanna learn from you guys too. So as we go forward, how do you, what do you think of the future of our industry? And, and we've talked a little about that, but if you go out a little bit further, where do you think we're really headed? You know, that, that's an interesting question. I think we're headed in a couple different areas and, and it'll be interesting to see how it breaks. I think, the companies that understand the basics and the fundamentals of managing their data, how to do it efficiently, how to do it concisely, the ones that avoid all the latest trends 
that actually lead to ruin, that actually do not deliver value, the companies that avoid those things and stick to the fundamentals using this great new technology, these great new data points, they're going to be wildly, wildly successful. The organizations that don't, the ones who listen to the uh, expert du jour, you know, somebody who's really never done any of this stuff, who is, you know, new to the market, um, who, you know, they just buy technology for the sake of buying it. Those companies are going to get so weighed down in the volume of data they're trying to manage. They're going to do it very inefficiently, very ineffectively. I can think of now today, a massive insurance company, one of the largest in the world. Their data problem is so significant. The redundancy, the messed up processes, the, the just spaghetti view of their architecture. It's so bad to fix it. You're talking probably in, in the hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, because they are managing thousands of applications. Their data is everywhere and they have no way to get off of it. And they're looking for the latest, oh, we're going to buy this piece of software from vendor A and that's going to fix it. It won't. It'll take discipline and diligence. And those companies are going to have a very difficult time in the next five to 10 years because regulations are devastating now. Uh, you know, we've seen CEOs and executives put in handcuffs and perp walked out the door. That trend is not going to change. Um, every client partner we work with nowadays has a big interest in regulations and making sure that they're managing their data correctly because right now it is not done well. So kind of a part B to that question, given your background and obviously you have a big client base, what, what's kind of your pet peeve? What would you like to see our industry do differently? Oh gosh, that, that's such, <laughs> how much time do we have? Do we have a couple days for this? <laughs> Well, hopefully there's not that much wrong. There is a lot of Well, Rich, I would say first and foremost, one of the things I'd like to see change in our industry, and, and this has been my belief for over two decades, companies need to stop looking for the silver bullet, the magic pill that they take it and just everything's fixed overnight. It's euphoria, cats and dogs living together, Cub fans and Sox fans living together well, you know, it's just not going to happen. What they need to do is to go back to the basics, fundamentals and foundations, utilizing these new technologies, these new data points, these new behavioral learning things that we've discussed. That's going to be the solution. I think until companies realize that you cannot do this stuff in three weeks and, you know, just throw, you know, $20 million at it, that's a myth. It needs to be structured, it needs to be thought through. And that's a myth we have battled from the first day I entered this industry. And I think we're gonna to continue to do it. That's awesome, and boy, does that reflect our society in general in terms of constantly looking for quick fixes that aren't necessarily gonna get us there. So I think you're, it's very wise words to, to our audience. So, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, it's great success there's a secret to it and it's called hard work. It's rolling up the sleeves. It's, it's doing the little things. You know, people ask, you know, you've had over a hundred client partners, these massive projects, all these awards you've won. What's the secret? No great secret. Hire the best people, 
and they work really, really hard. <laughs> and, and you just, you take no shut shortcuts. You do it the right way every time, each time, being just ground into the fundamentals of what is actually successful. That's what brings value over the long time. And what I'm proud of is so many of our client partners are in their 10th and 15th year with these solutions and they still work. That's what we want in our industry, sustainable solutions. That's awesome. So we've talked a lot about business and we've talked about kind of your passions and things that you're most interested in. Give us a sense about who David Barco is outside of this industry, or do you spend 24 seven, seven days a week thinking about data management? Well, I could rightly be accused of doing that. However, <laughs> there are some other parts of my life, you know, um, I'm a bit of a health nut. I just, um, I love uh, working out and training. I, I've been into a, uh, mixed martial arts for over a decade of training and working out. So that's something I, I adore doing. Um, I also teach uh, Bible classes to adults. So I teach Christian classes uh, on, on the Bible that are very advanced topics. In fact, I just taught one on Sunday. So I would say um, that those two items, along with wonderful family time, um, those things work family time. Uh, teaching and working out, that's pretty much everything. That's pretty much day and some sleeping and eating thrown in. Wow, you, you, you cram a lot into a week. That's awesome. So thank you for giving us this thumbnail of who you are. And I know we have an audience out there. Ryan, I suspect, I think we have a question. Is there a follow-up question? There is. So this kind of goes back to uh, the, towards the beginning you mentioned Internet of Things stuff. So the question, um, you were talking about Internet of Things and especially the privacy concerns. So here's the question. What are some key guiding principles for companies when it comes to security and privacy when dealing with IoT data? It, what a fantastic question, first off. Um, this is an area that I think is just vital. Um, I sat on a panel once, or I should say I sat in the audience of a, of a panel on data security and privacy issues. Mm -hmm. And a good friend of mine was one of the panelists. And at the end of the panel, I, 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 I wrote her a little note saying that good people do the right things when nobody's looking and bad people will do the wrong thing regardless. So when we look at capturing data, whether it's about our customers and all these privacy issues, you better have good people with the right intentions making decisions. It's not just a dollar sense decision. In fact, I think there's an astounding opportunity in today's marketplace for a company to get up and say, hey, we actually care about you as a customer. Here's what we don't do to, you know, with your privacy. Here's what we don't do with your data. Here's what we do that is positive for you. I think people are kind of sick of, um, you know, just their rights being infringed. And I think there's gonna be a lot of legal issues in this when you look at the Fourth Amendment and how things are being used Texts and, e texts and emails are being used in legal cases, in criminal cases. I think there's a lot of factors on this. So I think number one, the question you need to ask if you're a company using these items, first, you certainly need to know the letter of the law. Number two, if your customer base knew what you were doing with your, their, their data and knew it at a granular level, how would they react? Would they be happy? or would they would jump ship for your competitor? Ask that question in an honest manner, and that'll give you some guidance of where you need to go. 
and put the customer first, their needs, their wants, their desires, because there is opportunity. Great. That's uh, the question. That's the only question we had. And uh, so with that, I think we'll wrap it up. I want to remind everyone that this will be available on VA analytics uh, on VAC on the VA collaborative. And um, you can, if you have any questions down the line that you think of, you can go to our site, post the question, in the forums or ask David directly via his expert page there. And with that, I think Rich, you have any, any other uh, items for today? No, I was just going to remind everybody that's, that's watching to go to be a collaborative as you did and check out, especially David's page, because um, there's a lot of content there that he's written. Um, there's things that he's talked about on his blog. Um, there's lots of information at, on everybody's expert page, but particularly David, this is, you've done a great job. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to our members working with you and interacting with you over the coming months and years. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Rich.